The Winnipeg Jets obviously are slated to face one of two opponents as they're not likely to really get out of the wild cards. The Dallas Stars and Vegas Golden Knights present two very different challenges, and the Jets will have a tough time with both teams. We'll dive into which of these opponents Winnipeg might want to face and which opponent might be the better one to avoid, and also look at some of the uh, early playoff potential matchups on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, uh, the Jets have two likely playoff opponents, one of whom the Jets have actually seen in the postseason recently. The other, a team that over the years, you know, maybe hasn't made the playoffs as much or hasn't been quite as impressive Um even though they did actually make a cup final. I mean, if we all saw how that particular team actually advanced, you probably understood why Stars fans were uh, a little bit happy to see Rick Bonus go. Spoiler alert, it was the Stars. Now, looking at these two teams nowadays, obviously they're pretty different from when, uh, you know, the Jets might have encountered them previously. Winnipeg has not played the Dallas Stars in the postseason before, but we have a decent track record of how the Stars Uh, were in the Lindy Ruff days, how they've kind of evolved over the past couple of years, and where they are now this year, which is, quite frankly, a scary team, if we're being honest. But let's start off with the Vegas Golden Knights. This year's Knights team is interesting, right? Because I would say of the past couple of iterations, this one might feel the one that is the most vulnerable, you might say. Uh, No Mark Stone, of course. Jack Eichel only just starting to really get underway and a team that has a very curious, like, scoring record, right? Who do you think the number one scorer on this team is? If you guessed Chandler Stevenson, you'd be right. If you didn't guess Chandler Stevenson, you're almost right. I mean, Jack Eichel has played, like, what, 13 less games due to injury and stuff, so if you prorated it, he'd probably be in first place by, you know, a couple of points, but this team has always been one that's very, uh, I guess, unusual, right? Uh, The Kraken are like one of the only other teams that I would say is similarly constructed with a lot of really talented players up and down the lineup, but not as much individual star talent, at least until the past couple of years. Once Vegas started going after guys like Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, you could tell that they were, you know, kind of swinging uh, for the fences and really hoping to bring in some elite full star power to supplement the already good guys that they had, like Marcheseau and Smith. But this year's team... I don't know. I feel like there's the potential for Winnipeg to get by them, in part because you look at the back end and you look at their goaltending, right? And it's not like it's the most 
resolute combo. This is a team that is going to concede goals. They are going to give you opportunities to score. And I think if the Jets were to face this team, the main thing that they would have to try and hope that they can limit is the number of, of rush counters, right? That's where Vegas, I think, would really hurt Winnipeg. The Knights are always really fast. They forecheck uh, very quickly and close off spaces. And Winnipeg traditionally hasn't handled that speed um, super well, especially with how rapid Vegas tends to uh, rotate the puck and stuff. But this year's team, you might have a little bit more of a shot than usual if you can set up a sustained zone pressure and start to push at at Vegas's goalies. Um, right now, they've kind of gone through like a bit of a goalie crisis to the point where they actually traded for Jonathan Quick. Quick in his first few games has like a 930 save percentage, but this being four games and us kind of knowing how Jonathan Quick is from his time with the Kings, I would not expect that to last is, is how I nicely put it. Otherwise, you're going to face Aiden Hill or Logan Thompson. Both guys, I think, have done a very serviceable job, but you can tell that both are not exactly elite starter quality. I think that they can certainly do a job during the uh, postseason, but the reason that Quick was brought in, aside from the injury crisis, it was also to try and find somebody who can be your lead number one. Now, you don't have to have like the world's top goaltending um, to make the playoffs, right? You can have an average goalie, and maybe even one who's slightly underrated or perhaps fringe elite in the case of like Darcy Kemper when he won with the Colorado Avalanche. But I think for Vegas, they don't really have that. What they do have is a really deep forward unit that is likely to cause headaches for whoever they play, even without Mark Stone um, and whoever else gets injured along the way. The, the back end is still pretty decent in terms of offensive potential. You know, guys like uh, Nick Hag, Alec Martinez, uh, Shea Theodore, all of those players can create good scoring opportunities. Petrangelo has still been doing pretty good, pretty good stuff for them. So, yeah, this is a team where I think they're nicely balanced. But compared to the year in which the Jets got stonewalled by Flurry, maybe this is a year where if the Jets were to face them in the first round, Winnipeg could actually find a way past them. Now, I, I say that very loosely because we all know that this iteration of the Jets is significantly weaker than the one that lost to them in the Western Conference Finals, and we also know that the Jets' offense has uh, lost a few teeth, if we're being honest. doesn't bite with the same ferocity as it used to, but, you know, sometimes you just have to hope that uh, your goalie carries you for the rest of it because Hellebuck can be that good, and if he you know, get some rests, you know, get some rest over the next few weeks, uh, gets prepped for the postseason, maybe he'll be able to steal one of these series. Now, that's if the Jets remain in the second wild card. If they end up in the first wild card, they would actually face the Dallas Stars, a team that the Jets don't really have a lot of recent playoff experience with. We'll dive into uh, what the Stars team is likely to bring, and if the Jets would rather favor the Stars or the Golden Knights in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to the number of threes drained. Maybe you want to cast a bet on how many points uh, LeBron James is going to finish the season with, either just for the season or for his entire career as he continues to move the milestone goalposts just a little bit further. Maybe you want to bet on the number of threes Steph Curry is going to drain, or 
who the NBA champion is going to be at the end of this year. No matter what, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss this chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are just rolling back into talking about potential playoff matchups for the Jets. Obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, are one option if the Jets are still in wildcard number two and if Vegas doesn't implode along the way. Uh, the first wildcard, though, should the Jets um, stay where they are and, 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 and should the stars stay where they are. Let's, well, actually I should say the jets would have to move up and the stars would have to, to remain in first, but you know, assuming that somehow ends up being the matchup and Winnipeg takes that first wild card spot, the stars for me are probably the team that I would least like to face between them and the golden Knights. I know we all have like uh, horrible traumatic memories of what it was like playing uh, Dallas versus or uh, uh, Vegas versus Winnipeg in the conference finals. But I think the stars team is just better, more consistent and all around a, a more dangerous opponent. They have an elite starter at times who has been dominant when he's been given the chance to really excel. We've seen him carry the stars team in his like rookie season all the way to a cup finals. We know that Ottinger is sick and he can be a real difference maker. But he's not like the most, I guess, game-breaking presence, which is crazy to say because at times he has been. But this year, Jason Robertson has kind of elevated his game. He's got 85 points in 68 games. And you look at the rest of the team and you're seeing like 60-point scorers everywhere. You've got four of them at 61 points or better, which is crazy. Uh, Pavelski, Hints. Um, Jamie Benn, Jason Robertson, everyone, even the veterans, are finding ways to contribute. Then you've got super talents like Miro Heiskinen. Uh, of course, Sagan is still pretty decent. Newcomers, or I guess more recent comers like Wyatt Johnston have done well. Jason or Mason Marchment having a pretty good season. You, you go down the roster, you know, maybe you start to see some familiar names of players who are doing decently, but maybe not having the most outstanding seasons. Guys like Roddick Foxa. Uh, Niels Lundqvist and a few others, Yoel Kiviranta, Dodonov has just joined recently. Um, he's been doing pretty well since becoming a star again, uh, or, or I guess, is this his first trip with the stars? No, I'm, I'm thinking of um, Radulov. They, they, they have a, a very good reputation of uh, seeding some really talented Russian uh, wingers. So Dodonov continuing, continuing that tradition, eight points in nine games. So, I look at the Stars team and I just see a lot of matchup problems. Now, I know that the Jets, I think, actually have a winning record against Dallas, if I recall uh, correctly this year, but I would not necessarily rely on that history uh, as how I would kind of look at these 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 teams in the seven-game series, right? Dallas, in a lot of those games, quite frankly, outplayed the Jets. Now, some of the games were really close, but in general, the Stars were better, faster, stronger, and more skilled and deeper. So yeah, the Stars team just seems like a bit of a buzzsaw. And I guess stylistically, while they don't quite have the same um, rush counter style that has traditionally given the Jets a lot of fits, their in-zone offensive passing and ability to force turnovers is something that's going to give Winnipeg a lot of headaches. Plus, they have a really lethal power play. They have really savvy veteran scorers. This is just a team that's got a lot of good balance on both sides of the puck, and I think the scariest prospect is 
we don't really factor in um, Jake Ottinger in there yet until you talk about just how many goals you're going to have to score against this team in order to try and stay afloat, which it's going to be really hard to do when you're facing Ottinger in the postseason. We all know that he stepped up his game in the playoffs. He's been a rock for them this year. He's got a 920 save percentage. Uh, yeah, Ottinger, just not a player that you can really uh, discount. Certainly uh, a guy that I think at some point will be in the running for a Vezina. Maybe he even wins one. Uh, no matter what, though, this Stars team, I, I think... They're the one that I would really like to avoid. I can't believe I'm saying I'd rather the Jets play the Golden Knights, but I feel like Vegas of the two is the more unspectacular, which is funny because their records, you you look at it and you realize they don't seem that different. But I don't know, man, this Stars team, having seen them, having watched as they've ripped and gutted opponents left and right and generally been very efficient at moving the puck out of danger, just not a team that I really want to see the Jets face, especially for the first round. I guess the optimist version and the optimist take is that neither of those teams is Colorado. I think if Winnipeg were to face the Avs, um, it, it'd probably be pretty brutal, in part because Colorado's power play is still lethal. McKinnon has had a relatively quiet season uh, compared to his usual standards, and you maybe expect him to elevate his game in the postseason, but they've already got Miko Rantanen kind of just letting pucks uh, fly into the back of the net. So yeah, Colorado, a a team that I think stylistically the Jets would probably prefer to avoid another fast counter team. I know that they've maybe been a little bit rockier this season, but trust me, in the postseason, we all know that that Rocky Mountain air uh, gets to opponents. We know that the Avs I've already won a cup last year, and it wouldn't shock me if they're in the conference and cup finals again this year, perhaps even for another chance at a title. Now, obviously, the Eastern Conference probably has the best team in all of hockey, so the Avs would still have a pretty big job to do. But yeah, Winnipeg, uh, you know, being in these wild card spots is always always really brutal because um, your first round exit looks a lot more likely if you're a team like the Jets who aren't super deep who don't have as much offensive firepower as a lot of the deepest teams do. And now they're going to have to go in and be the road seed against some of the top teams in the Western Conference. So let's hope that the Jets can at least try and improve their playoff seeding before then. But of course, these aren't the only playoff series that are currently projected. We'll talk about a few of the other matchups that are potentially interesting uh, for just general amusement in just a little bit and talk about who I could see emerging out of these series if things are to hold as they are right now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just wrapping up really quickly with some if-the-season-ended-today kind of predictions about the uh, the playoffs. We're taking a look at both the Eastern and Western Conference playoff pictures. Let's start off with the Western Conference. We talked about the Jets potentially facing the Vegas Golden Knights if that seat holds as it is. Right now, the Stars would be slated to face the Kraken, which is kind of like Dallas playing Vegas in the first round. Two very interesting opponents that I think actually kind of align to each other nicely. I think the Kraken are are one of those teams that definitely don't have as much star firepower, but they're generally underrated. I think that they have some really underappreciated scoring talent. Uh, That team has gelled together nicely. They can roll four lines comfortably, and they're getting solid defending and goaltending, I guess. Uh, as much as you can say for Grubauer, although postseason time, you might start to wonder about that. But otherwise, uh, a really solid Kraken team 
But I think if the Stars were to match up against that Seattle squad, uh, Dallas would probably win in like five or six. We also have Kings versus Oilers. And Kings versus Oilers is a very, very interesting matchup because the Kings have no goaltending, but a really prolific offense. The Oilers have one of the most prolific uh, players in NHL history and a decent supporting cast, but also no goaltending. So, yeah, I, I don't even know how you call this one. I guess you would say that McDavid probably would take over the series, but the Kings have generally been pretty decent. I mean, I've watched this team on and off, Kempe, Kopitar. Um, I know I'm forgetting some of their star players who have joined recently. Uh, I, I guess, um, oh gosh, Kaliev has been really nice. But like the, the Kings roster, when you look at how they you know, contribute scoring all across the board. This is just a very well-balanced team that has scored like a surprising amount of goals. I don't think people realize that they have one of the highest scoring offenses out there. It's just that the goaltending has been so bad that they give so much of it back and they end up having like a negative goal differential for much of the season. So I would probably lean towards Edmonton in this series, but it's probably more 50-50 than that really lets on. Now, the last Western Conference series would be the Wild versus the Avalanche. And here's an interesting one because the Wild without Kaprizov for the next several weeks look a lot weaker than uh, Colorado. But once Kaprizov is back in time for the playoffs, this is going to be a tight series. I think Colorado uh, probably takes it in six or seven. Uh, but Minnesota finally has like really elite goaltending in Gustafson, uh, elite for this season. I don't know if he'll be able to do it long term, but there were underlying numbers for Gustafson that looked pretty legit when he was with the Sens. So, yeah, I, I think you're probably looking at um, Colorado advancing versus the Wild if that seeding holds. But that's going to be a close series. We know that those teams really hate each other and have a lot of playoff history. So it'd be nice if they can rekindle that spark. Now, on the Eastern side, a uh, lot of movement when we're talking about the wildcard spots, so these are not likely to be the actual playoff matchups. Uh, bear in mind, same thing kind of with the uh, the Western Conference, but let's go with uh, Bruins versus Penguins. Uh, do we even need to say anymore? Bruins all the way. It, it might not even be beyond five or six games. This Pens team has poor goaltending, has struggled with consistency this year, and yeah, Boston, best team in the league, one of the best teams in NHL history. I, I know that first-round upsets do happen, but let's be real. It's it's Boston. Now, Hurricanes versus Islanders, you, you run into an interesting question here because um, uh, Ilya Sorokin for this Islanders team, now with Horvat in tow, that's a bigger pain in the butt than I think people realize. Like, the Isles are not good. Don't get me wrong. They are a very mediocre team, uh, but the thing with this is Carolina is now down Andrei Zvechnikov, who's one of their most important contributors. So if the Isles were ever hoping for a bit of a break in their first uh, round matchup, that could be, I mean, they're going to have to face a really tough Eastern team anyways, but if you can do so against a team that's missing their top offensive star, you know, maybe there's a chance that you can squeak through, but it would really take like a Herculean effort um, and I think Carolina will probably go through in six or seven, but it, it'll be a tight series just because the Islanders always seem to make it really difficult. It's never easy. Now, Toronto versus Tampa Bay, another interesting one. This would have to be the year that Toronto finally wins a playoff round. If they don't, I don't even know what to say about that. 
the, the Maple Leafs have basically done just about everything that they can to try and build a cup contender. But if Toronto shows up, we all know what happens with that. I still think that they'll beat the Lightning, but you know, t- Tampa Bay, not really a fun opponent to have to hope that you don't concede a lot to because, again, they're a dangerous squad. They're very playoff savvy. Uh, they've got a lot of experience winning multiple cups. Tampa has kind of been pissed this year because they haven't been as good as they usually are. So we'll see if their postseason version shows up and they torch Toronto. Now, the last matchup, Devils versus Rangers, I guess, is maybe the most banal of that grouping. And I think that one is actually uh, pretty exciting, generally speaking. Well, actually, no, sorry. Hurricanes Islanders might be the most banal. Um, Devils Rangers has a like a I should say this is actually a really good matchup because You've got regional rivals. Uh, One is a very high-scoring team with mediocre play-generating ability. The other is uh, an elite play-driving team with occasional scoring issues. But, I mean, they have a lot of history. I think there's a lot of bad blood between these squads. If you get them into a a seven-game series, sparks will fly. I think the Devils will emerge out of this one. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Rangers somehow pull off the uh, the upset and get through on a bit of a squeaker. Let me know what your playoff predictions might be for some of these rounds. Who do you think uh, will emerge victorious? Which teams do you think will have the easiest road? And which ones do you think will have the hardest? Let me know your thoughts below or at my social media, at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. Make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result from across our network of wonderful analysts giving you an analysis that only Locked On can provide. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!